Think so, yeah. What do you think so, Michael Rainey? Or do I we not like looks- using last names on this podcast? What do you think eh, so, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that BlizzCon happened this weekend, and rumor has it it was the best one in several years. Was it? I think. You guys will have to tell Hold me. Hold That's JJ. Hi, Michael. Hello. <laughs> this is We Were Gamers, a podcast. The other guy is Andy, since he didn't want to say his own name. And yeah, I, sometimes I forget. You know, I do the thing, and then I forget the thing. We're following up episode 179 called Leaky Canoe, where we talked Great about game. all the leaks about BlizzCon 2019. And uh, we went to BlizzCon 2019. Often we record at BlizzCon. However, this year was a tight year. There was too much to do overall. I, I would say way more that I wanted to keep doing and do multiple times than in the past years. Maybe even almost ever. Maybe. Would you say that, would you say that from last year, Blizzard pulled an episode 180? What? Oh, I'm making, I was making a pun. Because this is episode, episode 180. 180. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's good. I li- Michael, I appreciate your pun. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm still working on it. On. The more, the, so the I, motor's I think still going like, to Yeah. Okay. Like, addressing Michael's point, though, like, Blizzard has been in, and we even talked about it in the last podcasts, that there's been some stuff going on uh, surrounding it, and they kind of needed, last year's was kind of a disaster, I think, um, you know, in terms of, like, people were not happy coming out of it. They didn't really have much to show. No one was really excited about any of the things they did show. And there were no like big announcements that lots of people were interested in. And last year involved a lot of changes, right? The head of the company had stepped down a new head of the, well, I guess we should say division, not company, right? Because they're not their own company. The CEO of Blizzard stepped down and was replaced by the president. Yes. um, Uh, Not a CEO. Who seems to have been a longtime World of Warcraft gentleman, has been with Blizzard for quite a while. So I won't say he's like... Some people seem to imply that he's some sort of Activision plant, and it doesn't seem to make any sense to me given his... uh, his, uh, What do you call that? CV. Stature. CV, yeah. Yeah. Or his like stature mm-hmm. in the company, right? Yeah, it's not a it's not a fair assessment, I don't think. But he does have a different um, approach to the company as well, and and BlizzCon in general had a different ap- approach. Jay I, Allen I also- is his name, and and he came out and did the opening last year and this year. But BlizzCon has stepped away from having a public face of the company into having multiple public faces of the company. Now they have their EVP and their streamers and their their other people that step into these roles. Um, and we'll talk about some of these different changes too because they were apparent this year as well. Yeah. And I think like, you know, just just touching on that real quick, like J. Allen Brack is, doesn't have the same relationship to Activision that maybe Mike Morheim or the other founders did, right? Because they came into that partnership with Activision as equals. They made it Activision Blizzard. And now they're gone and Activision guys are all still there. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like, oh, they've promoted up someone else. And so they're not like they're those people are now not looking at him as an equal. He's like a step down the ladder at this point, right? Uh, I don't want to aspire to corporate politics. I, hmm. We don't have an in that tells us that. 
Right. No, we don't. So, but like that's the impression I get anyway as okay. a as a viewer. Okay. But I think you're right that the sort of the uh, the atmosphere a little bit changed this year. It absolutely changed last year as well. You know, um, they went from having a massive band last year to the three stage thing, right? And in some respect, it makes sense, right? They are letting so many people into this convention. They probably couldn't fit every attendee into that area where the big stage was before. Yes, this convention center itself has gone through a renovation that allows thousands of extra people to attend these events. Right. And so, okay, well, now now they're going to be people getting a feel-bad moment of they can't see the band at all. So they move to, like, three smaller bands, and then they can cater to different interests. So this plays electronic music. This person plays, you know, uh, from last year's, right? They had an electronic DJ, a classical slash um, electronic artist, and a more traditional, like, dad rock kind of band. Hey, so hey. They can, oh, train is dad rock, dude. Come on. <laughs> at this point. So so maybe we start there, um, and I ask you guys. Start at the end. <laughs> what did you think? The, oh, yeah. Fair. The, the handling of the bands. That was kind of a drama moment there. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. So- so I think that uh, in previous years they had announced the band in the run up to the week. So like uh, as as like oh look you know two, uh, one week to go here's the the acts we're gonna have. Or in previous years it had been a month or two before uh, when there was only one act. Uh, this year total silence for the entire lead up during the opening ceremony and up until about an hour and a half before the bands were supposed to go on you did not know who was going to be 45 there 45 minutes not 45 even 45 minutes yep it was announced uh, 45 minutes ahead of time and they put up some bands uh, at least i had heard of one of them glitch mob i assume is the one you mean yes uh the three bands this time were the glitch mob uh fits and the tantrums and a dj named haywire Okay, you know, similar to what they had done last you know. year. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a band I had heard of. Right, that's like yeah. all I could say. It like just like Train is a band I had heard of. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not. I so I think the thing that I am now starting to realize is I'm not getting the concert ticket for like a show like Foo Fighters or Metallica like I did in the past, and I need to factor that in in terms of the cost of the convention now. Like, I, think, I just I, I need to assume that you won't get one. I think it's pretty clear that that's dead. It was rumored for a long time some bigger names were coming out, and even up to and including the convention when people saw saw and posted pictures of people from bigger bands at the convention, which we thought meant other bands were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like Blizzard and Activision either through a designed cost-cutting measure, because I assume these bands are not nearly as expensive as the bands that were there previously. Right? I mean, there's no, you know, how much does it cost to get Metallica versus the Glitch Mob? I'm sure those numbers are different. (laughs) As well as possibly some bad blood amongst the larger acts towards these companies. Yeah. It sounds like some bands won't even take their calls, actually. And I don't I know think- if that's just related to this year, but maybe also due to the fact that some bands like Blink and a few others have received kind of dead performances, uh, reactions, you know, 
Well, I think uh, at least from Blink, uh, when Blink-182 performed, they got a bad uh, crowd reaction because they also gave a performance that looked like they also did not want to be there. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's um, entirely so, unearned, you know. So, you know, I, but like at the end of the day, those bands will take the paycheck, right? If it's, you know. In Someone the right. somewhere will. Right. And I think probably this year, the extra wrinkle on top of all the like regular politics of playing a show where maybe everyone doesn't want you there or not or whatever uh, is that. You know, there was all this controversy in the protests. And well, let's all get this let's stuff. get away from that for a second and finish his question about the bands, and then we can we can jump that direction, I guess, because uh, we can just sort of round out talking about the actual event of the event before we get into the stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I I didn't end up seeing any of the bands. Did you really watch any of them, Andrew? I did. In fact, uh, we realized that as we heard the bands announced. Something that would never have happened before happened. As we sat at the stage that included the quote-unquote biggest band, Glitch Mob, droves of people left the convention. And I don't mean they left the area, that stage, to go somewhere else. They left the convention. Mm. By 7.45, as most of the bands had already taken the stage... A, the halls that held the bands were half full, and B, all of the demo stations were empty. Now, around that time, the finals were just finishing up for Overwatch. Um, and I know uh, I knew a person who attended those, and he said the Overwatch finals had a lot of people in that arena as which, well. Yeah, I was going to say was full. The Overwatch finals were full. Um, congrats to USA on that one. We'll I guess we'll go over that later. But if you account for that stadium being full, which it it wasn't the whole time, but is often hosting a bunch of people, a lot of people just left. And I think that's due to not knowing the bands ahead of time and then feeling just completely deflated after finding out, you know, hey, this is two electronic bands and a pop band I've never heard of. What we, you know, if, if you're into rap, if you're into rock, if you're into anything other than those two genres, I don't think most people are going to go try out glitch mob for the first time. Glitch mob is pretty different from like regular electronic music, but I definitely get it. It's not like, yeah, you're not covering all the bases here. Right. No. And a lot of people probably not knowing that in advance, there's there's an argument against having the ticket price stay down because of scalping, but I don't think scalping is a big deal on these bands. I think a scalping was maybe a big deal on Metallica tickets, but not not on this. Yeah, I think the you know like announcing it late makes sense in that regard, right? You don't want people to scalp the con ticket just for a band, but you know there anyway. There's a whole bunch of reasons uh, why a band might have canceled last minute or not. That yeah, or maybe a, they just decided that this was the these were the bands they wanted to have this year, and they just you I know guess, didn't want to release it early for suspense or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get into the Seems, too deep into it, but it sounds like I wish we had uh, one more source to clarify that, right? Because yeah, like what we, what really have, happened? It we have two tertiary sources that are basically telling us that there was another band lined up, and right. they didn't show. Or for whatever reason, at whatever time that it was canceled. So, 
that kind of tends to let me think that they didn't have the announcement for the bands on the schedule. Right. Until we were into the con and, and on Saturday morning when we checked the schedule, it finally said, Oh, at six 45, we'll tell you the bands and uh, glitch mob themselves on their Twitter said it was a surprise set. Yeah, so that's definitely smacks of a last-minute kind of booking situation. Yeah. Um, I want. I, like, I hope one day to find, you know, that we are big enough to have gotten sources to explain this. Yeah, I would love to know. But, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it, I don't think any of it was our jam, really. Well, you know, so I was saying all that stuff about the con being empty because then we walked around and we did demos while these things were on. And if and we did the Diablo demo by sitting and we sat in the Diablo area, which was right behind the Glitch Mob stage and listened to Glitch Mob for 25 minutes while we did the demo. Sure. And that was as much as I wanted to listen to, but I enjoyed it. Cool. So that was a good time, you know, but it's a different vibe than it was before where it was like, I'm very excited to go sit and listen to Linkin Park and just do that concert thing, right? And celebrate mm-hmm. the end of a long weekend. But I mean, that's the same. So to be fair, last year they did the three th- split three thing also, and you didn't want to do that that time either, right? The we left. The, we didn't listen to a single note of any of the. The demo in the train area was Diablo Immortal. Yeah, I'm not saying. So I'm there saying wasn't that, much to stay and play. No, I'm just saying that like you, you weren't even willing to sit and listen to 25 minutes of it while doing a demo. We just left last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, all right. Enough about the bands. Okay, the band situation wasn't great. Um. We should get back into the rest of the con, I guess, uh, the logistics of the con, which includes we need to talk about the protests, the portal pass, and coverage, I think. So, which one do you want to tackle first there, Michael? What do you want to hear about? Uh, Let's do coverage. It seemed like everyone covering the con was waiting for the breakout protest moment. Mm-hmm. All of the stories I read in the LA Times and the OC Register and everything else talked about how tense it was going into the convention and how people were upset at the company even after the opening monologue, etc. But personally, I didn't get that vibe. I think there was a lot of narrative based on people reading people talking on the internet and not actually expect people expecting talk on the internet to transform into action in real life, which is not always how it works. Uh, yeah, okay. you're right. That's exactly the point that I was going to make was I'm almost certain none of those writers attended the convention because the internet was not real life in this uh, uh, so there example. Were, there definitely were people or, or articles that were posted uh, from people that were there because I saw people interviewing you know, pe- developers and stuff that were definitely there. And also people posting pictures of the small protest that did happen outside the security barrier. I would say Um, a maximum of 15 people were out there outside security at most times. The article I read said about 30 when they were there. So, yeah, small. And it didn't seem like anyone was violent or, you know, getting 
in people's faces or that there was really any security threat there. Those people were just holding signs and passing out T-shirts. So that – I think that there was plenty of press coverage on the event, but the coverage was not in line with the event. And I guess that leads us into the – you know, we talked a little bit about the protesting, but I mean, there were people inside with, you know, the Hong Kong shirts on. There were people – I think it was, it was definitely on the subconscious of a few people. But given sure. the announcements, etc., it may have alleviated the pressure on them. Hopefully, not to ignore the mistakes they made, but they might, um, they might feel like they had a successful convention. Uh, I guess we should talk about Jay Allen Brack's speech. I mean, what is there to even talk about? He issued a another PR speak apology, saying that he's sorry that you feel bad. Uh, not that they're going to change anything about what they're doing. We, they, they feel that they did a bad job and wished that it hadn't happened. Yeah. It definitely felt less PR than the piece of paper that came out on 530 on a Friday. He right. gave a it, speech, was, it was better than the last time. He right? gave a speech with, you know, with his hair down, which was obviously a PR thing to try yeah. and capitulate to people and say, I did the wrong thing. We did the wrong thing. And and there was a moment where he was almost tearful about it, about the it, situation they were in. But it was it a yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I just it. Let me get. It just felt like a one of these. Wow, we really had an argument, didn't we? Kind of statements, right? Like, yeah. He, okay. He definitely. So we, he you definitely felt right, bad about the situation, right? right? Yeah. And he definitely believed the things he was saying. But he didn't say he was sorry about their actions. He said he was sorry about the results. Right. You know, and then and then also didn't promise to act differently in the future. So, you know. A lot of we hear you. And right. it's like, okay. What does that we mean? Can, tan- we can tell. We can tell. We didn't meet your expectations. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, yes. <laughs> that's not a result. <laughs> that's not an answer. <laughs> Quite hey, certain hey, for a lot of people. Yeah. No. I, and being there as a, a a burgeoning media company like we are, mm-hmm. uh, I'd listened for it not as a fan, right? Like I am a fan of Blizzard games. I have been for a long time, but. Over the course of the last few years, I've fallen off of playing, I think, literally all of their games. That's going to change after this convention, I'll tell you. But but the fan in me has fallen to the interested party, right? And I listened to his speech to say, for him to say, these are the things we will change as a corporate culture. These are the things that I understand that we got wrong about what we did. And it wasn't that speech. Yeah. So I see why people were happy with it. And I see why people were upset by it. But in my estimation, it was a touch more genuine and heartfelt of the speech that I expected them to give, which was not the speech you would have heard from a Mike Morheim independent blizzard. Right. I think that's the, I think this is just like the 
kind of the crystallization that, hey, this isn't the same company anymore. It's not the same speech you would have gotten from a guy like Mike Morheim or even uh, you know, Chris Metzen or whoever, the old faces, quote unquote, of the company. This is, you know, the new blizzard as it is. And it was definitely a better uh, given speech and a more, clearly more uh, heartfelt wor- series of words <laughs> than the last <laughs> one. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's, uh, you know, it, it, it personally, it did not. Uh, satisfy me. But I think the the thing you can say is then after he gives the tearful speech, he's like, all right, video games! <laughs> <laughs> and the lights go down and they come up on a cold open with a trailer for Diablo 4. It's a hard, hard statement to say, right? Like, we have yeah. to do Diablo after we screwed up again. <laughs> right. I mean, the you know, the, the leaky canoe basically addressed it, but like every this is the biggest open secret of the of the year they were going to do this here, right? right? Um, but what they showed was pretty cool. The tra- the trailer was very very different from anything we had seen in Diablo 3. Um, way more blood, way more just like yeah. brutal fighting. Um, and they had a playable demo. Sure uh, did. Andrew, uh, you played it at least a couple times, right? I believe I capped out the weekend at three, maybe. Yeah, three. Yeah. Okay. Did you try all the available classes then? I did. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I only got to do it the once and I played the Sorceress. I liked it a lot. Uh, The Sorceress was my jam in Diablo 2 also. As with most demos of games like this, uh, it's hard to know what you're doing um diablo totally it diablo runs on the theory that you gain powers as you go and you slowly build a channel of skills so that when you are in combat you hit q w e r q w e r or some other uh, pattern of q q w r q q w e you know like and then um, left click or whatever le- yeah it, it, there's a lot of patterning of skills that you learn to play your class in the way that it is designed and uh, without sitting there reading all the skills, which would take you your whole demo time, <laughs> you're just kind of button mashing and watching things die on the screen because you you can't really die except for the world boss that they introduced at the convention. Yeah, that world boss killed me like five times. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, uh, the uh, one major comp- – I mean, you know, it's a it's a demo, right? But like there was no key rebinding in this thing at all. Right. So Andrew said Q W E R, but what he meant was one, one two, two, three, three four, four, which is just a travesty. And Q is the potion button and T is the town portal. And then left not, and right click, which good. is not not good. But anyway, obviously that stuff will I'm sure be fixed by the time of the release. Uh, there's no way there's not key rebinding. It was in D three, it'll be in D four. Yeah, of course. Uh yeah. and they mentioned uh, right out of the gate that they're developing for PC, PS4, and Xbox, uh-huh. uh, uh, which is interesting because isn't like the PS5 probably coming out next year? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, who knows with that? Obviously, and they, they also said uh, that this game isn't coming soon and not even Blizzard soon, uh, which means it's a ways away. We did get to sit in and I, I posted a lot of tidbits from two different uh panels that we attended for this because it was the biggest 
Well, maybe not the biggest, but definitely maybe the most important news of the weekend. You always knew it was a big, the newest. Right? Well, you always knew a big expansion was coming for Overwatch, and other things were coming to their other games to try and keep them alive. But this had to come, and it has to be something that drags people back to that franchise, or basically it's dead. Right. Um. So there, we were really curious to see what they had ideas going forward for this thing. It's going to be a much more open scaled game much like a almost like an mmo in its design um and multiple ideas for talents and you know gems seem to be gone for runes and all all sorts of reworked it doesn't look like it's a d3 add-on it looks like they rebuilt this game from the ground up uh as a person who reinstalled diablo 2 recently in the lead up to this just because i hadn't played it in forever and i wanted to it felt like they took a lot of the ideas that people really liked in Diablo 2, the talent trees, putting points into your skills, that kind of stuff. And the stuff that was really good in Diablo 3, like having your abilities uh, mapped on 1, 2, 3, 4, and having a bunch of different skill builds that you could switch around and that kind of stuff. And then we're like, okay, the items in Diablo 3 weren't as fun as the items in Diablo 2, but getting the items in Diablo 2 was really a pain in the butt. And Diablo 3 was way better in that regard. What if we took kind of like these two things that people liked and mashed them together and then really just changed the overall color palette and the tone and really brought everything kind of down into the like the lower color gradient of darkness. They even (laughs) talked about adding to the game things like mounts and each mount you can customize with weapons and that does stuff based on your dismount skills that you have. Um, I mean, there's going to be a ludicrous amount of customization of characters, but yeah, everything I, at the end of the day was, these are our ideas and these, this game's far, far out. So you might find out later that mounts are gone, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, you know, they, they showed stuff very early in the reveal for Diablo three of like jumping off a bridge down to a lower level of a dungeon that never, ever, ever happened in that game. Uh, and Might have happened in one cutscene or something, but... Maybe, yeah, but definitely never in the final game. And from my understanding, from, you know, talking with people who know people, that basically what they showed of Diablo 4 is all that exists of Diablo 4 at this point. Yeah. <laughs> There's really not much else. And it, so, you know, there was a ways out. It was ex- described to us that basically they've spent some time since last year de- developing this demo and not the game. Right. So, you know, I mean, people make in development, creating a vertical slice is a thing. That's what this was, a vertical slice, right? It has all the parts up and down for one thing. But the problem is that it only goes, you know, a hand's breadth apart and you need to make a whole, <laughs> the whole, the line has to go all the way to the other end, you know, <laughs> there's nothing else on any of the lines. Any, any other, you like, euphemisms and metaphors you have here that you can. <laughs> oh, calling it a vertical, a vertical slice is a real thing though. That's a, that's a real thing. That's no, I know, but I thought we were going with like pie and then we had lines. Oh, but it's like a, it's an up and down slice across the disciplines. That's what I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, clearly uh, that game is not going to be out for many years, probably. Interesting, considering the PS4's life will be over by then. Yeah. 
So, you know, I'm sure that's like code for consoles, whatever those right. consoles happen and to be. And not Switch, though. Definitely not Switch, based on that uh, statement. Based on that demo, that game yeah. won't run on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, speaking of not going to be able to run on other devices because it has memory problems, should we switch to Hearthstone? Yeah, Hearthstone is releasing another expansion with new cards. That's what you want to talk about, right, Andrew? Or the mode you won't be able to play on your phone because it requires more RAM <laughs> than most phones have. Uh, most or just old ones? What's old, though? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Hearthstone <laughs> announced a new mode called Battlegrounds, which actually, I will say, is the surprise hit of the con for me. Everyone. Yeah. For everyone. Uh, for everyone lines, that we knew, anyway. Lines for that were longer than a lot of other things. At, at, were more stably long. And I heard I multiple say- developers look out at that line both days of the weekend and say, Huh. I didn't think we'd have this much line. I saw the line for the Hearthstone thing stayed long, even when the line for Overwatch was getting low. And that's saying a lot. I think all the Overwatch people were probably watching the finals at that point, but, you know, who knows? Well, you can watch the finals in line. That's so- what we did. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, you I know that you have not had... Hearthstone installed for a while and you reinstalled it in the lead up to BlizzCon. I sure are you did. Going to leave, are you going to leave it installed now? That game will be open tomorrow morning to receive the patch that we get for being BlizzCon attendees. There we go. Yeah, so I, I'm curious to see how that will work. I personally, like I said before when we were talking about the Jay's speech, have not played a Blizzard game since I stopped playing the beta of uh, WoW Classic to do that for the stream. I'm going to be playing Hearthstone. This new Battlegrounds mode is amazing and it honestly has me considering trying out the main game again after these new cards come out. I don't know that that will be true. Um... To be fair, the mode we played did not have any cards that are in the expansion, right? Not yet. Those those cards are all Battlegrounds only cards, the new ones. Yeah. Nothing in there is going to be part of the regular Hearthstone. True, true. Uh, but this made me miss Hearthstone in a way I haven't for a very long time. I haven't played Hearthstone for more than a game in probably two years. I have packs going back for two years worth of sets that are unopened, right? Yeah. Um, so, Michael, what it is actually here, we should talk. I, the small news here is that they're releasing another expansion. Everyone knows they're releasing another expansion. They release three expansions a year, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, not it, the news. As a person who did continue playing, this this expansion also caps out the year-long story they've been telling. Right. Um, not huge news. The cards look a little crazier than the rest of the cards for the year. They might tie into the cards from other sets a little bit better than most years. But there's not a whole lot to say about that until it drops and the meta starts and then, you know. Yeah. They did mention they're giving away multiple legendaries uh, this year, which is more than they've done in a while. Right. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's still Hearthstone. If they had but that's done not that, what this thing is. I mean, but if, they've, if they had done that and they had added the single player mode like they did last time, or the little dungeon crawly thing or whatever. Right. 
We would this, not be talking about this. We wouldn't be talking about it at all. We'd have said that and moved on, and their line would not have continued. But they released this Battlegrounds mode, which is Hearthstone's take on auto chess. On, yeah, the they called it the auto-battler genre. Auto-battler genre. But yo, dude, it's auto chess. It's mm-hmm. Dota Underlords. It's team fight tactics, but with Hearthstone cards. And it was really fun to play. It has a lot of those same mechanics. We've talked about Dota Underlords on here a little bit. The games um, seem simpler and shorter than the rest of that genre. There is less going on because you don't have to, you don't have a grid, right? Hearthstone, you just have your row of guys. That's it. You don't, you can, you know, move them from left to right and back and forth, but you don't have to like, you know, you don't have an eight by eight grid and you have to place them to try and counter or not. There's none of that. Uh, the cards are just Hearthstone cards. You know how Hearthstone cards work. They have attack, they have health. You You do have to later on start to and this you missed a little bit of this because you guys had left the con when you're down to like the last two or three players and you've seen their board one or two times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i have run in we have now seen the meta that will develop about that because there are some cards in there of like okay i've seen his board so if i don't move my stack around this way or add a card like this then i'm gonna lose next round and it'll be over Sure, but that's common in all of those games at the highest level, right? Right, but it's hard to see that at the beginning because you don't see people's boards and all that sort of stuff. So you kind of do your own strategy until the game is ending, and then you you have to shift it up. Although, actually, in those other games, you can actually see everyone's board all the time. You just click on them, and it lets you see it. Right, that's my point. Uh, Whereas it's shorter and easier. It well, it makes it hard. It makes it more difficult, maybe, to do well because you don't have as much information. Okay. Um, but it definitely makes the games go faster if they fix the freaking timers. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, but I mean, let's explain it to the people a little bit about what it is. It, they have changed Hearthstone completely. So you are no longer a person playing against another person. It is eight people playing together against each other, right? So, uh, one V one V one V one all the way eight times. Right. And you, I don't even God, I don't even know where to start. You have a uh, there's no mana anymore. You have coins, and you can spend three coins to buy a card from the from the shop essentially, uh, or you can save your coins to uh, level up your tavern. Well, which you, then be uh, careful gives saying you that because you cannot cards. save coins. Uh, true. Yes. Sorry, you can't save them between rounds, but you because you will gain more uh, an additional coin every turn until you hit just 10. like the mana. Right. So there's no need, uh, like in a lot of these other games, uh, like uh, Dota Underlords or Teamfight Tactics, there aren't, there isn't like the mechanic of saving money between rounds and earning interest and all this stuff. That is not part of this game. It's just, hey, on turn one, you have three, and on turn two, you have four, and then the next turn, right. five, six, blah, blah, blah. So what can you do with all of it? You can buy cards from the shop for three mana or uh, gold. Yep. You can upgrade the shop for more gold than you have at the beginning of the game. You can re-roll the stuff in the shop for one coin, or you can freeze the stuff in the shop for no coins. The freeze will keep those units there so that when uh, after you do the fighting round and you come back, those same units will be there if you want to buy them, but you don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. Freeze will let you do that. Um, uh, upgrading the shop uh, starts out at a very high cost, but every turn it gets cheaper. Uh, so you want to upgrade the shop to get better minions. Access to better guys, right? And so the guys are limited by what level your shop is. 
So you have uh, level one guys. You only get guys with one star. They're not very good. You want to get the two star guys, the three star guys, all the way up to the six star guys. Uh, and it's I, I don't know the exact percentages, but basically the highest level is the highest chance or uh, um, you have a chance to see units of that level and below. If you aren't of that level, you will never see units of that level. Right. So if you're like, if you're level one, you will never see a two star unit. If you're level four, you will see, you might see a four, a three, a two, or a one, but you will never see a five. And you see less and less of the ones as you go up. Right. So like if you're level six, you are very unlikely to see a one or a two even, but you're still not guaranteed to see a six. Now, uh, the order you play your cards in, well, so you buy a card, it goes in your hand. You don't have to pay again to play it. You can play it or not play it. It's up to you. And then you put them out on the board and they attack from left to right into your eventual opponent's board, which will attack you from left to right, etc. And so you kind of try and line up the things that you want to have happen first. If you need something to die first or you need something not to die, you you know, you kind of arrange your cards in that order. Mm-hmm. And then the timer will run out, and then the auto battling happens. So the the thing that's different about this mode than the usual mode is that effects that affect your card carry over from round to round. Some of them. So for in- some of them, right? So for instance, uh, things that give your card, um, like every turn, this card gains plus one attack. Well, at, if that thing uh, at the end of the next turn. It, it gained two attack. Well, next turn it's going to start with three and then keep going up from there, right? <laughs> uh, so effects that give your cards plus stats are permanent. And that can be really powerful depending on, you know, how much and what kind of stats and what units you're giving it to. And gets even more powerful when you do the thing, which is combine cards. So if you buy three of the same type of a card, let's say three sentry bots, the three sentry bots combine into a gold sentry bot, which has double stats, double um, double ability power, everything, and includes any previous upgrades it's gotten. Right. So if you have a, the sentry bot is like a 2-2, I think, and the death rattle is it deals four, minu- four damage or something like uh, that? It, whatever. I was it using deals, it as a it, it deals some damage, mm-hmm. right? But uh, you combine it, right? You will now have a sentry bot that has 4-4. Four, four, and deals double that amount of damage. But it only takes one slot on your board because the board space eventually becomes the limiting factor here. You can only have seven things on your board at any one time. Mm-hmm. If you want to play something else, you have to get rid of one. Uh, you can sell, drag a guy up off your board back into the shop uh, and sell it for one coin. Um, so it leads to things like in the late game, you buy a unit just to give plus one, plus one to other units sell a guy to play that guy, then sell the guy who just gave the plus one because his actual unit is terrible and buy a different guy to replace him. <laughs> you know what this game feels like to me after having talked about it so much now? Hmm. Dominion. A little bit. Yeah, there's definitely an aspect of that. You're, you're like, kind of playing a board game unlike the other auto chess stuff where you're you're playing a little bit more like a tower defense video game. Like it's requisite to be a video game with video game E type mechanics and placement on a chessboard and stuff like that. 
This to me feels like a Dominion draft deck deck drafting game where yeah, it's important for me to know what you're doing kinda. But like only in so much as we're out of villages now and okay, I got to do some the rest of my strategy. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, "Oh, okay. Like I want to get three more of these or two more of these wolves so my wolf gives bonus." And now that I've got that, like I don't need to worry about this wolf anymore i can just do something else or looking at the board the tiny amount of information you get from your opponents oh everyone's at a class three shop i need to stop upgrading my twos i need to get to a three right uh so the ui kind of has a list of the other people along the side of it and you can hover over them and it'll show like this person is tavern level three or levels two or level one and this is how much health they have left and kind of like here is some information about what they're doing you don't get any really like here's the board and the exact cards they have. You don't really get any of that unless you fight them. And even then you can't see the cards in their hand. Yeah. So it's a very fun mode. I don't know. It it has yeah, some kinks it's super to work fun. out for sure. Like Oh, we didn't even mention that each uh when you start you pick a hero. Oh and the yeah. heroes have individual abilities, right? Yeah. There's twenty four uh, heroes and you get to pick from one of three well, two to begin, unless you buy card packs or earn them. Right, so two or three at the start you get to choose from. Uh, and there's some variance on those hero <laughs> powers. Uh, I'm not clear if how some of them aren't just a massively better than other ones. Um, but I don't know, we'll see. Maybe there's more cards in the final version that we don't know about. But yeah, it, it, we had tons of fun playing that thing. Uh, I'm super excited to start the closed beta whenever that thing comes out. And I think they said it rolls out wider to everyone. The week after. On. So five yeah. five is closed beta for anyone that pre-orders Descent of Dragons cards or went to BlizzCon or has a virtual ticket. So a lot of people. Right. Yeah, there's um, a good number of people there. And then open beta on the 12th. Right. So I'll be curious to see if you can do your quests in that mode. We didn't ask that. Uh, they will be patching the game to work on older phones at some point. Some right. point, quote unquote, but uh, the uh, requires thing, at the least two gigabytes they, of RAM. Uh, I be- the statement was more than two gigabytes. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but it, you know, I'll certainly be playing it on my PC. Um, you know, when I'm at home for sure. As you can tell, that probably was the thing that made the best impression on us. <laughs> yeah, we played that a ton. Like we went back and just like got out of line and got back in line for that. Yeah. <laughs> But it wasn't the thing that I was clamoring for before the convention, and something I've been saying they need for a long time is what we got. JJ, they finally explained what Overwatch 2 means. Yeah, Overwatch 2. It's um, it's still Overwatch, but they have single-player missions now. <laughs> or uh, not even single-player because they're a group, but it's like PvE. You could do it single, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you won't get a, I guess that means you still get a fourth, you get three other people, right? You can't do it with the computer probably. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. They might, maybe they match, match make you with other people. Yeah, I guess. They're adding basically an expanded version of what seems like a hybrid system of the archives story missions from the current Overwatch with a Diablo-style adventure mode of, okay, now you've played all those missions and maps, 
go back to those missions and maps and on Paris, kill five null sector behemoths or what, you know, like on Ilios headshot, a null sector robot four times or things like that, you know? In this run, your pickups are disabled and you have to just use your guns and abilities or whatever. So Uh, I called it on Twitter, I called it Overwatch 2.0 because uh, they they called, they called it that they, well, they said two, not 2.0. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I don't think it's a different game. I think it's basically a nice way to say, if you want expanded features, we need more money. Because they're leaving the multiplayer of Overwatch 1 live and concurrent with Overwatch 2. Right. I think this was maybe the most complicated thing to understand. It's complicated because they don't... They're averse to telling people they're not adding more features to Overwatch without people paying for them. Right? Yeah, I guess. Because they have competitors that are now free to play. Apex Legends is out there, free-to-play. Fortnite's free-to-play. Their player base has to be dwindling slightly. And this oh, will drag I mean, people back, but... Yeah. You know... I mean, it certainly has been. I think they're just... You know, they, they must just be unwilling to leave behind all the people that have already bought this game and invested quite a bit of money in all the skins and all the stuff that is in... Overwatch, right? And absolutely, they shouldn't probably do that for their own business purposes and for not making a... It's the same engine. They're not making a new game, quote-unquote, here. Well, I don't know. I mean, they, they've definitely done some work on it. Things look significantly better in the Overwatch 2 demo that we played. Like, there's no way at least some of those models and stuff would work in original Overwatch. Fine. At least to my eye. But, but in original I, you know, Overwatch, if you play it, you're going to get these upgraded things. I don't know that that's true. Hmm. Right? It, you can just have the Overwatch 1 client and the Overwatch 2 client play against each other, and it looks different on this one versus on the other one, right? Really? You think so? Why not? Wouldn't the hitboxes be wrong? You make the hitboxes the same. Hmm. I mean, I don't think Reinhardt's different-looking beard has a hitbox. It's still inside, <laughs> you know, his... Some of the characters look quite a bit thinner. I, okay, I don't know. I, I don't have a close enough eye for that stuff. I'm not like a... I don't play Overwatch as much as other people, so... Hmm. Um, but you, you totally could, right? Because all the rendering is being done on your side, so you could have it render one way, and the server tells you, hey, you're here, Tracer's over there, and Reinhardt's over there, and it just shows up different on your screen versus a person playing Overwatch 1. Fair point. I wonder if what happens is it they eventually name rename Overwatch 1 to Overwatch Multiplayer and Overwatch 2 as Overwatch PvE and better looking multiplayer or something. Um, unlikely. I think what more likely happens is Overwatch 2 is called Overwatch 2 all the time and Overwatch slowly becomes their free-to-play client. Mm, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, if you want to go on and play multiplayer with everybody, here you go. It's free. Hopefully, we make money on skins. If you want to do, you know, the archives basically is ending with this, right? They're not going to right. be doing archives anymore. That they'll keep some of the events like Halloween and all those sorts of things, but the story part of this game will take will take place in Overwatch Two. And so, for the people that were interested in that, 
they're going to have them on the line to pay some more money. Well, and unfortunately, the, me. I, <laughs> uh, and I was going to say, I think the the characters and the story of Overwatch are very popular. It's the most interesting part. So I think they'll probably get a good number of people here. Um, yeah, I agree. Starcraft, no announcements. Overwatch. Oh wait, Overwatch. The World Finals ended with USA beating uh, China in the finals. Yeah. Okay. Hooray! <laughs> I didn't really watch, so I don't have much to say. Well, I mean, it's a big deal to a lot of people. The games were pretty good. There was like a we watched the finals and. The third game of the finals was crazy, but we don't need to get too into it. It's it's always crazy to watch people that play that type of stuff for a profession be so much better than you, <laughs> right? You see the you see the the mouse whipping across the screen, which to me would be like vertigo inducing, and they've made a headshot in that whip. Yeah, the people, the professionals that play Overwatch are unbelievably good at the game so So, i I think i mean that's kind of it no nothing for reforged other than saying it's still coming uh they released the multiplayer beta i think uh that is now available for people with virtual ticket and stuff so you can go play warcraft 3 reforged multiplayer uh i believe only orcs and humans are in it right now but i believe they said they are adding undead in the coming week. Oh, I watched a little reforged I watched beta. A, I could install it if I wanted to. I watched a little <laughs> virtual ticket uh, panel on that. And that's basically what they're talking about. And, you know, they're like, Hey, uh, the campaign is still there. We're definitely doing that too. Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, like I, I said before, I'm, I want to play Warcraft three reforged. Uh, not clear to me when that's coming out, though. Doesn't seem like it's this year, so who knows? Whoopsie. Well, yeah. Michael, what did what did we miss talking about that you want to hear about? Um, let's see, I think you hit all the big stuff. They um, rearranged the con, by the way. I don't know that this is a yeah. big deal to most people. But oh, JJ, Andrew, you know you, what? What? Oh, good. But did you like the new-ish layout? I think some of the things made a little more sense. Uh, it was nice to have more space for, like, the other quote-unquote games down in that area that used to hold the store, uh, now that it was the Blizzard Arcade. It doesn't feel like uh, any games are segmented off like Hearthstone was before. Yeah, you definitely were able to, like, oh, hey, we went down there and played a round of HOTS, and hey, that game is still there. And Warcraft 3 Forged was down there, and you could play that. Starcraft 2 was down there, and you could play that. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. Um, but, Andrew, did you have... Uh, this is the first year they sold different levels of access with different levels of tickets. That's right. Other than rearranging the con, they rearranged how you get into the con. There was the premium... What was it called? The the, the portal, portal pass. Portal pass. And which, then the which, regular admission. And the portal pass also included the benefit people, which was, I don't know how many people that actually is, but those are also like charity tickets that were more expensive. The charity dinner tickets are like, I think it's like less than a thousand people total. Okay. So not an impactful number. They sold a lot more portal passes. Portal pass seemed to be at least 10% of the people there, probably much more than that because we were running into portal pass people everywhere. 
Yeah. Um, seems like you got priority parking. You got a bunch of trinkety stuff. You got an ability to shop somewhere other than the shop. Where? I don't know. There was know. A, a second shop somehow? I, but people Priority were saying they shop? did their pickups, or maybe it was like they got into the shops earlier or something, because there mm. were people in the Dark Moon Fair line on Thursday, and that thing wasn't open unless you were a portal pass pe- people. Uh, okay, so maybe they could just get in and start buying stuff early because yeah. they had the extra, because you also got early entrance as part of that. So a lot of the people that were looking through those, and the, one of the most popular, maybe the most popular thing they sell at this convention are blind boxes, which is a $50 purchase. Which, again, like the whole loot box thing. <laughs> it's, yep. a, it's an in-person loot box. Some people have done the math, and you get if you get the most unlucky, your box is worth $40. Okay, so you don't come out that far behind. You come out $10 behind every time you buy one. Or almost every time, except for the time that you get lucky and get a scratch-off card worth $700 or $800. <laughs> right. Which, who knows how many of those there are, because it's a loot box. Right. They don't have to tell you. Exactly. Um, you know, we played a little bit of the uh, Gachapon game with some random Velcro patches, but in At that the end instance, of the day, yeah. yeah, you're talking about $10 that we then walked three feet and traded for the ones we wanted. And at the end of the day, like... I didn't need to have the full set, and there were none that were, like, ultra rare. They seemed to be equally distributed, more or less. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, there were 10,000 other people in that line also all opening these things, and you could just be like, hey, do you have one of these? And the person would just be like, yeah, and you just swap the two, and you're done. JJ, you left early, but at 9.45 when we were walking out of the building, people were throwing badges at me. Literally. At you? One, someone someone <laughs> asked me for one of the ones I had on my bag. And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, oh, this is the last one I'm missing here. Have five Velcro patches for that one. And I was like, <laughs> okay. He didn't, want, he didn't want to bring home the unused ones. <laughs> and, okay. Thank you, man, guy. <laughs> so. You know, which they, five, though? That's really what's important here. You know, uh, were they like. It's a good question. Yeah. Not good ones. You I know? have no idea. I don't. I do. Yeah. I, they're in my I bag still. <laughs> I got that nuclear launch detected one that I wanted. That's what was important. True. Um, but you know, I, the, the blind box stuff, like, you know, it, it's just a, and so I imagine though, that everyone that buys those portal passes, when they hear that they can shop for those types of things early, that's why they buy them. And they cost not, not cheap, not cheap more. The thing that most maybe was impactful. I think that portal me, pass was five fifty compared with the, the double fifty or something, 200, yeah. wow. what the regular one was. Well, they get specialized parking. So that's kind of interesting. And I mean that parking is not cheap. It was what eighteen bucks a day. Sure. So yeah. if you consider the time you go to pick up your badge as like a third time you have to pay for parking, that's $60. sixty bucks almost right there. Mm-hmm. Value. <laughs> but they got they got their own parking lot right in front. They got the cl- and in the close parking lot, which and, is like and convenient. Yeah. And here's my one of my biggest complaints about this whole th- experience this year. They got special entrances to the convention that were completely unmarked. Yeah. So you would go through an entrance and your badge would beep red and they'd be like, oh, you don't have a portal pass. It's like, where does it say this anywhere? I will read the thing and not go through this entrance. Yeah, that would frustrate me. It was a little bit annoying, but... 
I think the only logic I could detect out of that is that those entrances and exits were close to that parking garage that only the portal pass people could get to. I guess. But like, yeah, it's not, you should put a sign. You just put a little paper sign and like, that would be (laughs) probably enough, you know? Maybe. Instead, like they didn't do anything. It was just like chaos in a few times where you like you would try to walk through an entrance and then a security person would come over and be like get the hell out of here given the exorbitant cost of the portal pass and the what i would determine to be minimal ish benefits i have no problem with the dual layer of access Uh, did you no there was apparently some uh lounge area for portal people true but apparently it was just like couches and tvs showing the panels um, which fine, I guess, if people wanted that. My guess um, would be they up the stakes on that next year. Probably. Uh, but, you know, I mean, fine. Look, look if people want to pay for access, um, that's fine. I don't have an issue with it. I'm not going to pay uh, $550 or whatever for that. As long as they um, don't start gating things behind the access, right? right? So like, it becomes a problem then if all of a sudden, like, oh, this panel is in a room that's not quite very big, and actually like only portal pass people can attend or because they have the early access they fill the whole room and there's no space for anyone else portal pass people get priority access to the overwatch arena and oh look half of it's full already uh portal pass people get their own stage for their closing entertainment right so those would be things i would complain about but it doesn't seem like they're doing any of that just like before where media and the people at the benefits dinner had priority seating they're doing some of that stuff they get in early for stuff to get better seats or whatever fine whatever yeah Yeah. all right well i mean that's in a nutshell blizzcon i think the uh michael you had said earlier that uh you had heard it was one of the best ones in years and i think the way um, at the end of the time where I came down on it was that it was it had the best games in years, and I'm not as so sure about the rest of it. Okay, I definitely got the vibe that not everything is okay at the end of that. You know, the closing ceremonies, and this is maybe the the telltale sign for me. Closing ceremonies used to be a moment in this convention where the president of that company walked out and said, these are the things we showed you this week because these are the things as, you know, creators of things that you love, that we love, we wanted you to see we're working on and we hope you had a good time. We were glad we spent this weekend with you to get your feedback and to celebrate the games and and everything else. And it was a long revision of the weekend. He really poured it out. They had a great video. They talked for a while about what they wanted to do in the coming year, even though it wasn't like a, here's our timetable for these games. It was like, here's what we are philosophically and what we plan to be philosophically for the coming year. And it kind of set the tone for a new year. And if anybody needed a new tone, for the year to come, it was blizzard after the last 12 months, right? And instead of trotting Jay Allen back out there, they had, I apologize for not knowing her name. I should have looked it up beforehand. The EVP of BlizzCon 
give a disastrously written speech about some sort of thread poorly in front of a group of people to the camera. They played a video, and before people realized what had happened on the video, it was over. And then I literally had someone ask me, when do you think the closing ceremonies start? Yeah, the video was like four minutes long or something. And it was like a bunch of pictures and stuff that clearly had been taken at the convention. Um, but it was like one picture per event, not video. Just like still images cutting back and forth. So what used to be the big defining end to an event and the big defining beginning to a year became, oh, here are the bands you're going to see. I hope you had a good time. Uh, remember that we're all a family. See you later. Mm. And that was maybe three minutes. She talked three minutes longer than I just did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. With no with no fanfare, right? Like, we didn't realize what was happening until the speech had already started. I missed the first minute of it. Okay. It was clear that that was starting and you had had a beer or something by then. Oh. Because it, <laughs> I knew that the speech was starting. They f- did the thing that they do before every panel and they played music. It was... Yeah, okay, okay. I'm, but being, like, you I'm know, being a little it, bit facetious. But it was definitely like unbelievably brief and curtailed compared with previous years. You're which, absolutely right about that. Which in 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 all honesty, like aside from from Blizzard fandom, you would think as a person that is looking for your division or your corporation or whatever at well, we're gonna wow them this year with lots of content. We didn't even talk about World of Warcraft speaking of wow, but they're getting another expansion too that that video was quite long. And it looked like some people were very excited about people what they were, were showing. losing their minds, like Warcraft Classic, excited about what had happened in that video. Um, in a year where you knocked their socks off with content, and you began the weekend with an apology, you would think you'd trot your CEO back out there to really set the tone for the next twelve months and say, "These are the things we learned in this last year." of hardship where we had to lose employees and we had to, you know, unfortunately take action against a player or two. Here's, here's what we think going forward as a company. And that just didn't come through in that moment. And that, that's really where I land on, wow, they have a really good slate of games coming and nothing beyond that is come out of this convention. Which, you know, puts them in the category of a very good video game producer. They're now, a you know, a Ubisoft or like, something like couldn't, that. Couldn't they have just done a wrap-up of like, hey, here's the things we announced. We showed you this rad thing yeah, that's coming out soon. used to be part soon. of it, right? They, I mean, we showed Morheim you used to give thing. that speech. Or that he would bring the other producers out and have them talk about like, hey, you know, we showed you the trailer for Diablo 4. We're so excited to have you guys give us your feedback and talk about it. And, you know, it'll be virtual ticket, blah, 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 blah. And they didn't – it was a three-minute speech, a three-minute video, and then that's it. It just so, so bizarre from the past. So it gives it gives you an idea of what a company – they intend to be going forward, I think. Um, 
it changes the meaning of the event overall, I think, in terms of it's now a trade show more than a community event. No, I think they still want to have it both ways. They just didn't do a good job of it this year. But they did they I, did a very good job on the on the video game end of it. I mean, and the show end of it is a fantastic convention overall. Well run. <laughs> except oh, for I every mean, time I just, except for every time I had to go through security and explain to them their own camera rules. <laughs> uh I just want to say that like, you know, the if you asked them, they would still tell you that there's a big community aspect to it. We just didn't feel it this year because of a bunch of other things going on, right? Sure. Um, but I think that the vibe and I think other around people us also, was the same. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm not saying other people felt it either. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, they did more stuff, like a bunch of community stuff. We just weren't into it. That's fine. So, you know, we'll see. Um I'm still interested in going next year, but I don't know, you know, again, like what will be. I mean, they have a lot of goodwill, right? I'm there is an example. Their March of the Murlocs, which has slowly grown from a silly 20 person thing to, I mean, JJ, how many people was it? Dude, the, the picture that my wife showed me, it got to be a good thousand people all standing out in front of that plaza. It was an insane number of people wearing those really ridiculous onesies the in the middle of the day in the sun. <laughs> it was 85 outside. Yeah. They were – they came back all hot and sweaty looking as far as I can but tell. But that level of commitment to these games are still there. So they they have a core fan base that seems to have not, unlike the internet, abandoned them. So – Maybe, you know, they can take the success of the game part of this and really work on the unsuccesses of this. Yeah. I, and, you know, I'm sure uh, time heals some amount of wounds. Uh, and, you know, people will, uh, whether they forgive, uh, they will eventually forget. Uh, and I'm sure Blizzard is hoping to sweep as much of it under the rug as possible. Um, and, you know, whether people let them or not, it seems to be the question. Um, but I, you know, like I said, they, they really killed it this year with games. There was a lot of good and surprising stuff that was really fun this year. Uh, better than most of the other ones of these I've been to. That's for sure. I think that about wraps up our thoughts on this convention. I would love to throw out there for everybody that made it this far that we have in the last couple of weeks received a couple emails that we definitely want to get to. We just didn't think we'd have time today so if you sent us an email don't worry we'll get to it and that'll hopefully be next week and we'll get back to the normal game stuff and hopefully have a lot to talk about on this hearthstone thing yeah i know you you and i will definitely be playing it michael interest install uh, it it's free I don't, I don't know i've already got my i still have my my free to play game that Look, Final Fantasy Record Keeper cannot be adding that much stuff at this point in time. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Oh, no. This game doesn't monetize you, though. You don't actually have to pay anything to play Battlegrounds. You don't have to mm. buy any cards or anything. You just play the game. You, you gain... The thing you get by paying is statistics and emotes, which who cares? Well, you get statistics, <laughs> emotes, and one slot for a hero choice. Eh, but the hero choice is, is not essential, really, to playing it. You still get yeah. some heroes. Yeah, exactly. 
So I think you could do it, Michael. Anyway, other than the people that already emailed, if you had other comments about BlizzCon or you think our take on BlizzCon is wrong or you have info that you said, you know what? They got this hey, wrong or they forgot this. Hey, if you're, if you're a Blizzard employee listening to this and you know who was supposed to originally perform and you have if, like solid info, please email con- us. If you want to confirm what we already know to have been the people that were playing – you don't, can do you can we do will keep you secret don't worry we won't out you on the air there's literally no one who can pressure us because we don't have any way <laughs> to bend to their pressure we're not distributed so. in china and we have no advertisers <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's, so, that's what uh, he that means. email that meal that email address is podcast at webergamers.com please uh let us know we're very curious uh you can also follow us on instagram and facebook and twitter all at we were gamers on those places and uh, this podcast and other awesome ones like it are on YouTube. And if you search We Were Gamers and subscribe there, you could be listening to this right now. And it's a very convenient way to do so while you're doing other things. Michael, you got to play this mode. You got to try it at least one time. It's like playing a TD. You're done in 15 minutes. Okay. seems to be fun about it to me is I've played the warrior like three times now mm-hmm. and oh look at these new cards wait a second now I'm starting to get the strength cards that upgrade the other cards which I didn't have before like there were no strength cards in the cards I unlocked and so now it's like a whole new strategy of like okay remember those cards from before which ones were good? Now, these, these ones might be better because of strength. Yeah. I mean, strength just basically ups anything that does damage, and damage is good. So, right. Yeah, but like, strength is rad. Like, I was trying to run, use defense to do damage decks before, and now it's like, sure. oh, well, but there's this card that I can use this other card to keep bouncing back into my hand, and by turn three, I have eight strength. Yeah. there's a There are, like, multiple viable builds, like really powerful builds with every class, which is crazy. Hey, hey. Hey, we were just hey. talking about Slay the Spire. Ooh, which, nice. 